welcome to this Christmas edition of the Arcananth podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Rivera. Uh, always, I love doing this show because I get to talk to really interesting people who do really interesting work, and today is no different. We have Pixar story artist and creative Bobby Alcid Rubio. Bobby, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Thank you for saying Bobby Alcid Rubio because uh, I say that because my mom always is like, you got to put the Alcid part with us Filipinos. We got to put our middle names, right? Yeah, that's important. That is very important. My mom, (laughs) you better put the Alcid in there. I'm like, okay, yes, mom, I will. (laughs) Yeah. Where are you calling in from to speak with us? Uh, We are here in uh, Pixar uh, in Emeryville. We're actually sitting in one of the offices. Oh, amazing. So for for anyone who has not gone on Disney Plus yet to check out uh, their short film titled Float. I would love to uh, hear you give, not not give everything away, but sort of give the premise of what people who haven't seen Float yet, uh, what, they, what they can expect when seeing it for the first time. Okay. Well, the story of Float is, uh, it's a story about a father and a son. And the son is different in, in that he floats. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's a very emotional journey. It's based off my uh, relationship with my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, the visuals are amazing. The uh, it it looks gorgeous, and yeah. I am super proud of it. So I hope people will go out and see uh, float. Mm-hmm. I, w- I watched the film um, again just before going on the air with you. And uh, yeah, you're right. It is really beautiful because you've really captured that that kind of lighting that's uh, really like characteristic of uh, where you live. Yeah. we. Uh, interesting enough is that um, I'm originally from San Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but it, I, the houses that we've actually used the houses from uh, Toy Story 4. We repurposed oh. them. Um, mm-hmm. because of our budget <laughs> for the, for, for people to know that basically the spark shorts program is a program to find new voices and to, uh, give new talent opportunities to tell their stories, mm-hmm. but at like an independent type budget and, and time. So uh, we didn't have this huge amount, extravagant amount of, of money or mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. um, and in order to pull this off, um, we used a lot of uh, sets from our past movies. And um, luckily, Toy Story 4, the Bonnie's house, uh, looks very Southern California to yeah. me, or California at least. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, we were able to use Bonnie's house and, and change it just That's a little excellent. bit. Yeah. Um, besides Toy Story 4 and, and Float, uh, what are some of the other uh, things at Pixar that you have contributed to? Okay. I've been here 12 years now. And so I started on um, Up and I've worked on um, Up, Inside Out, oh, mm-hmm. The Good Dinosaur, uh, Cars, and Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. and Toy Story 4. Amazing. So usually like on this show, like I'm talking to other <laughs> academics about like anthropology. Um, okay. But given that you explore some very like important themes that seem to resonate with many people in society, like fatherhood and the pressures that come with like parenting, 
um, I just thought like, you know, I knew I had to have you on the show. Um, Did you ever encounter anthropology or like the social sciences along your way towards becoming a a writer and animator? Hmm. I want to say no. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I growing up, I I I was just always an artist, but I uh, I'm unfamiliar with anthropology, but I'm pretty sure maybe it's it's affected in my life in some way. But um, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure you probably could call it out. You're like, oh, just, Bobby, that's anthropology. <laughs> I didn't even think about it, but yeah. like. Um, uh, for the most part, I, I, I studied art and, and I, I pretty much focused on animation and comics mm-hmm. and things like that, pop culture stuff. Okay, yeah. I was wondering what training is involved typically for people who want to work for a company like Pixar and have a job like yours. I imagine that there are like, you know, multiple routes into the industry, right? Right. No. Yeah, this place, like, uh, it, it's not just artists. There's uh, There's... Plenty of people that work here. Um, I mean, you just talked to Chris. Chris uh, is at, uh, in and PR, so we we have people uh, who do PR. We have people who do. We have cooks here. Mm-hmm. We have people in security. Uh, um, we also have rocket scientists, scientists who come up with like cool. the tech for for uh, these amazing visuals. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too because when you come to Pixar. Uh, part of the tour, I remember saying that um, the building is kind of like the brain in that one side is the artistic side and the, uh, all the creative Mm -hmm. aspects and the other side is all the technical side. So on one side of the building is all our artists and, 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 um, and creatives, and on the other side was our managers and our uh, our, our our tech people. So it's very interesting that it was set up that way. Yeah. From your perspective, um, when did you first learn in your early training that you know working in movie writing and animating can really highlight, um, you know, really like emotional and really like um, empathetic human experiences? Um, you know what? I think that came about early on um, in when I saw, I mean, career-wise, it would definitely be when I started out at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've saw it even before I went to Disney. I mean, as a child, you see uh, movies that captivate you and, and, and bring you in and realize uh, empathy towards another character and, um, I mean, I guess what comes to mind is Lion King. I mean, mm-hmm. when I think about what that scene where uh, Mufasa passes away and, mm-hmm. and Simba's there, and it just tugs at your heart. Um, and uh, so it's incredible that drawings can do that. Yeah. Moving drawings that come to life can pull at your heartstrings. And I think as a kid, I noticed that and, and um, I wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Can you give an idea of like how many people you're working with to create float, for example? Um, that would be in the credits. I believe we had about 80 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe was it with that 50? Okay. 60. Uh, Chris thinks it's about 60. It's <laughs> okay. definitely not as big as, as a feature. Yeah. Um, um, but, um, 
yeah, we had a much smaller crew. I mean, in fact, you're talking to the story team right now. <laughs> I was it. <laughs> and usually a feature would have about 10, 15 story artists. Mm-hmm. And for us, we just had one. Okay. Um, when, when you're working with like that team of about like 50 or 60, um, mm-hmm. is there any pressure there? Are you stressed when you work with that many people? Um, I remember feeling the stress in that I didn't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought I had something really special with this story, Mm -hmm. but I had no proof. It's all just like, I think it's going to work. Um, but, uh, that was probably the only, that was probably the only stress. Yeah. Although, and when I stop and think about it, also crafting the story was also stressful Mm -hmm. because we went through many iterations, uh, of float. Uh, and that's how we do things at Pixar. We, we, we craft the story and we do various iterations to make sure we can perfect it as, as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you know, those are the types of stresses that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I live for that stress mm-hmm. and I was grateful to have a team that was willing to follow me, uh, through this immense pressure to get this, uh, this movie done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to say that like, as another, uh, Filipino person, you know, it was super meaningful to me to see a Filipino family dynamic, uh, on a screen and well, thank you. yeah, just seeing that like cute little nose and like the haircut <laughs> that kind of looks like auntie just put a bowl on the kid's head and, <laughs> yes. you know, it just yeah, it's comforting. Like, yeah, just spot on with my own experience. <laughs> you see yourself up there. Yeah. Uh, I got deep feels uh, looking at that. Um, yeah. And I think somewhere on one of your other stories, like you have dubbed them like the first actual, uh, picks noise, like Pixar, Pixar P noise. Yes, because yeah. <laughs> over here at Pixar, we have a group of Filipinos uh, and Pinais, of course, uh, and we, from all walks of, uh, of life uh, here at the studio, we have people in security and cooks and artists, mm-hmm. and we're, uh, we gather together, and we're known as the Pix Noise. Okay, yeah. And so to have an actual digital Pix Noise for the first time <laughs> is a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. How, how excited are you about uh, Filipino representation in popular cinema, like in 2020 and the years to come? Um, I am excited. I mean, um, I feel like Float's going to be out there. I've read a few other stories uh, of other uh, Filipino mm-hmm. creatives that are c- coming up and telling their stories. Uh, uh, you're uh, trying not to spoil anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying not to spoil anything. Um, um, but um, I just, just, I just look around and I feel confident, and and and, and um, I feel inspired that there is more stories to be told, mm-hmm. and and more uh, uh, directors out there that want to. Uh, share our Filipino experience with mm-hmm. with the world. For sure, I'm excited. I, I am excited for the future. Yeah. Um, what would you say is like the most challenging part of the job that you do? Uh, the most challenging part is probably uh, it's with 
the crafting of the story part. The uh, because like I don't know. Can I start talking about float or do do, do you want to <laughs> no, uh, that, can... do like a spoilery thing and say hey okay don't listen <laughs> at this point now? Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, want to to watch float without any spoilers, then I guess you can fast forward to about maybe like two or three minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, so for instance, in Float, um, and you've seen it, right, Michael? Yes. Okay, so uh, originally, like the original story, the father actually was is going through a depression. So I was thinking that the father would sink into the ground, and the son would float. Ah, okay. And so the original draft and the original boards that I drew, uh, the father was sinking into the ground. Mm -hmm. And and when I pitched it around people to my friends here, they were like, so the father also has powers. And I was like, no, that that I'm trying to represent depression right now. And, and we found out that that did not work. Uh, especially we wanted Alex to be featured as the only character that is special. Mm -hmm. And so, we took that out, the father sinking, and um, and I believe it, it it helped the film mm-hmm. immensely because now there's no confusion. Yeah, and and Alex is the only one that's special. But the difficulty, like I guess, in crafting stories is is sometimes that you have to sort of um, you know kill your darlings, like you have to say goodbye to some ideas that you thought originally might be good. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of them, and I think another thing that was also thing that cut that was also our timing. We had to make this super fast and in our budget. And I remember uh, one of my producers was like, wow, that is going to be super expensive, Bobby. The the dad sinking into the ground. You have to have the rocks come apart. You have to have effects. You're going <laughs> to spend a lot of money on that, mm-hmm. which you don't have to do with a floating kid. A floating kid, there's no interaction with any any items it's just him floating it's hmm. it's much easier and a much cheaper effect right i mean these are things like i i wouldn't think of so that's really interesting to me <laughs> yeah um, yeah i'm really curious like to ask uh this question um i don't know if Dick, you know but basically like i am an archaeologist and an anthropologist oh, cool. um yeah so i collaborate with a lot of people around the world um but it wasn't always this way and uh, in my discipline Actually, there are not that many prominent Asian scientists who do what I do in comparison to the majority of the uh, discipline that's mainly like white academics. And so, um, you know, float has given you suddenly like a lot of attention and uh, I didn't have as much traffic on my Twitter account either, like about three or four, four years ago. Um, For me, at least, there's like one side of me that's really excited to feel that uh, my story and my journey into what I do, uh, you know, it's, it's changing and it's becoming very meaningful to other people to follow. Another part of me wants to desperately ensure that I hold on to who I am at the core before, uh, you know, I, I got this, um, you know, very small bit of quote unquote fame. Has, okay. has being interviewed like this, um, you know, and, and, you know, being, in news stories and stuff like this change anything about the way you think about your work and storytelling your identity? Um, it's interesting you said that in that um, I, the good thing for me is that I have a wife, my wife, and she's P9 
and she grounds me. And um, so I will pitch her ideas. In fact, right now, just the other day, I was thinking of doing some crazy action adventure type story. Like, ah, my next big thing is going to be that. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I mean, you just did float, which is this touching story. I think you should probably do another touching (laughs) story. And like, uh, um, and, but I know what you're talking about. Like, cause there is a part of me that wants to tell a Filipino story that's action oriented. And she's like, you could tell a action, you could tell a touching Filipino story too. Hmm. If you want to, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and she is great. I, I mean, and I don't know if you notice another spoilery thing mm-hmm. uh, for the, your listeners is that I put a lot of uh, Easter eggs from my hometown and I guess that keeps me grounded right? in that I, I feel like at least I am rooted and I'm still telling stories from my heart. It's not mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I haven't gotten a full Hollywood if that's what <laughs> you're getting. <laughs> yeah. But it's really good like to sometimes have uh, someone who can tell you like, you know, are you really sure about going in that direction? Um, is that really you? And maybe it is. Uh, and change sometimes can be good uh, and expanding like what you want to do. But um, yeah, it, it's always good to sort of check that as well. When I, when Filipinos watch float, it's interesting that their take is more about assimilation than it is about um, a child of difference. It's about, it's interesting that their take is about when we grew up, our parents wanted us to be doctors and lawyers and engineers mm-hmm. uh, for a person like me being an artist. Um, you know, uh, luckily my mom was very encouraging, but there are uh, in our community, Filipino community that would probably put rocks in our backpack mm-hmm. and not let us float and not let us be who we are. Yep. Um, uh, because, you know, uh, being in the Filipino community, I feel like uh, you're, you're always striving for success and you always want your children to be uh, uh, have a, a successful life mm-hmm. uh, financially. Uh, I guess it's because our, our parents uh, weren't super rich and then they want better for us, mm-hmm. but at the cost of not letting us be who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I feel it's interesting that uh, Filipinos who have seen Float have come up with that storyline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that still tracks with, with Float. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's been interpreted that way. Mm-hmm. I've, I've intentionally left this up for the float, floating metaphor to be interpreted in any way that the viewer is watching it. I want it to be personal to them. Yeah. And so it's interesting, the different variations I've gotten of what the float metaphor means. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah. I, I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's really meaningful. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm thinking of closing the show soon. Okay. Christmas is coming up um, as we record this and I'm going to air this on Christmas day, in fact. Mm-hmm. So 
how do you and your boy and your family uh, spend Christmas? We sometimes are in Oakland and, and we tag team uh, different years. Like, well, ne- well, next year, I believe we're going to be back in San Diego with my family. Uh, cool. But we try to um, uh, uh, have day, have years for just my kids and myself and my wife. And then that would be Oakland. And then the next year we'll be with the big family where we see everybody, (laughs) Um, which is good too, because I I want my children to see their cousins and uncles and nephews and and nieces and aunts. Uh, That Mm -hmm. is very important. And, um, um, and I miss that. I miss seeing a large gathering of Filipinos and the Filipino food and, Mm -hmm. and and the bright lights and the karaoke and the, and the uncles in the back talking Mm -hmm. and drinking beers and watching a fight. And uh, I, I love that. And I want my children to experience that. Yeah. You have Um, the karaoke singing uh, later on in the night, right? Oh, in our house. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> yeah. keep that tradition going. Mm-hmm. What are like uh, two dishes on the Filipino family table at Christmas that people should go and shop for at an Asian supermarket and try and make at home? Okay. The standards are, I mean, well, you got to have lumpia, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I would say pancit, but I want to say something else. Let's see. I love kari kari. Oh so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, for me, if you better have kari kari on the, <laughs> on, <laughs> on the, on the plate somewhere and, and it can't be Filipino without lumpia somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> those are my two choices. Oh, cool. Uh, I usually have like adobo or, um, oh. sinigang. Uh, nice. Uh, I have to have some bagong or alamang somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Well, we, we've lost all our non-Filipino listeners now. <laughs> um, what, what do your family, what do your extended family think about uh, Float? They must be super proud and find it super cool. They are. In fact, uh, we were down for Thanksgiving um, and they are super proud. And it's nice to see that. And because mm-hmm. uh, again, like I didn't know that float was going to have this effect on people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went in thinking, okay, as long as I'm happy, my wife is happy and, and, and a, a small community yeah. <laughs> that I targeted would be happy. That'd be great. But, uh, for it to blow up and, and be so universal and mm-hmm. in theme and, and people embracing it, I, I am overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. and happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Pixar. Uh, I, I'm also half, half Filipino, half Chinese. So when Bao came out okay. as well, Oh right, 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 right. you know, like for me, it's just like, you know, double, <laughs> um, yeah. meaningful for me, but, um, yeah. Where can people follow your work going forward? Uh, where can they find you online? Uh, I guess they can follow my Instagram, uh, which I believe is Bobby Rubio, uh, and Twitter, Bobby underscore Rubio. Mm-hmm. And my Facebook, I choose find me Bobby Rubio, Art of Bobby Rubio, I believe. Okay, cool. Art of Bobby Rubio, they can do that. Um, And uh, usually I ask the guests to come up with a hashtag at the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, Can you think of a good hashtag for this one? I mean, it being Christmas and and all that, 
I think hashtag blessed. Okay. I want to go with that. That's a really good one. It's kind of like a little secret that listeners can use so they can indicate they've heard all the way to the end. (laughs) okay yeah okay well listeners if you like this episode then definitely you know let us know on facebook twitter instagram and reddit you can find new episodes of the show on itunes spotify stitcher and anywhere else you find podcasts our podcast website is arcaneth.com if you also want to support the show then go to our patreon program at patreon.com slash arcaneth pod bobby this has been great thank you so much for appearing on the show. Oh, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I, I hope you have a, a really wonderful Christmas with, with Alex and your wife. Um, yeah. And all the best in 2020. Hey, the same with you and your family. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much, Michael. <laughs> uh, listeners, I'll have another episode out for you soon. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye.